That was different, wasn't it? You're in the army. You know, when we become Christians, you join an army. And, uh, you know, there was a line in that which um, sort of caught me when I was listening. Is this delusion or reality? And, uh, yeah. When God starts knocking on your door, it feels like that, doesn't it? Is this delusion or reality? Is this real? You know, take a bit of persuading sometimes. It took me a long time to let the Lord in. I was fighting. Well, not fighting. I just, I just couldn't see it. Couldn't get my head around it. Trying to work it out with my brain, you know. But, um, but we had two words this morning. It said twice, today is the day of salvation. So we're going to have an appeal. We're going to start with an appeal. You know, if you don't know the Lord, you can join the Lord. You can, you can become part of the army right now. Right now, join the army of God. And it's no delusion. It's real. You know, many of us have come from dodgy backgrounds, let's put it that way. Various addictions and one thing and another. God, God in his mercy cleans us up, sorts us out and turns us into soldiers. It's what he does. So uh, if you want to give your life to Jesus, why not do it now? Maybe that's somebody online, somebody's going to listen to recording. You can give your life to Jesus right now. And the simplest gospel message I can think of is we've all sinned. That's what the Bible says. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. And it's these sins, these things we've done wrong, these mistakes we've made, whatever you want to call them, that separate us from God. And Jesus came down as the spotless lamb and died for our sins so we could get back to God. It's not rocket science, it's dead simple. Jesus died so we could get back to him. But it's, it's like, if, I, if this is it, are you going to take that from me? Are you going to take it or are you going to leave it here? It takes an action. We have to just accept that and say, okay, I've had to go at living my life, got in a mess. Boy, we've got in some messes, some of us, haven't we? Flipping heck. And yet we're still here. Amount of times I should have been dead, and I dare say I'm not the only one there. But, you know, I'm still alive and I'm standing at the front of church. That's God for you. So, come on, let, let's... Uh, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to do... Anybody wants to give the life to Jesus now, put your hand up. Anybody in here? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, that's three. We'll pray with you at the end, guys. That's four. Anybody else? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We'll pray for you at the end. We're not going to pray now. Anybody online? You can put your hand up as well. Doesn't matter if you're on your own. Put your hand up. Jesus is with you. Amen. Praise the Lord. And we're getting the word. Just felt I needed to do that with that. Uh, day of salvation is now. You know, it's not an easy life being a Christian. It doesn't all just get easy all of a sudden. You just joined an army. 
and we have an enemy. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, and being a soldier today. So we're going to start with... I've got two pieces of paper here, so which one am I on? We'll start there. 2 Timothy 2, verses 1 to 4. This is a nice place to start. Thou therefore, my son, be strong. It says lots about being strong in the Bible. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You know, there's a strength that comes from God that just isn't ours. And as we learn to tap into his strength and learn to do things his way, we find actually, yes, we can do all things through Christ when we learn to do it his way and not just go around doing it our way. Verse 2, And the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit you to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore endure hardness or hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And uh, that, that's the journey for, for the Christian is, is learning to live again. You know, that's why we call it getting born again because you've got to learn how to live again. You've had one go, you've gone your way and where have you ended up? Maybe you've ended up super rich and you think you're okay. But you still haven't got God. And what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul, the Bible says. Now that's not, so I don't know who that's for, but that's not in my notes. So there we go. Praise the Lord. So what does a soldier do? Well, he fights. And he's obedient. That's, that's something about a soldier, a quality that... Um, I often, you know, I was, I've never been in the army. I often, often wish I had been because I think that discipline and that, that sort of training would have done me the world of good. Uh, you, you know, conscription, they called it, and they took it away, didn't they? And so what are we fighting for? What are we fighting for? Proverbs 16.32 says... He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that rules his spirit than he that takes a city. He that rules his spirit. So I think the first thing we have to fight for, we've got to fight for ourselves in a way. Because we come to the Lord, now you're saved, now all of a sudden we've got an enemy called Satan who doesn't like the fact that you now belong to God and he'll try and trip you up or he'll try and set you up and take you off the path. And how does he do that? How does he do that? Well, we have to learn to what, what the Bible calls dying to self or crucifying the flesh because we want to go and do this and we want to go and do that. And that's what we're used to. We're not used to doing anything else. When I became a Christian, I felt like I couldn't speak because every other word was F this and B the other and, and you name it. And I did, I, th I thought, I did, I felt like I couldn't speak because I swore that much. And I, was, I lived in the pub 
beer was my biggest problem. So I lived in the pub and it was like, what do we do now? That's how I felt. I felt like, what, what do we do? Because all, you know, that was my life, the social life. Was the pub getting hammered? Well, really getting hammered, still working. You know, lots of us get hammered all the time at work. That, that was just the way of life. Just take your drugs to work with you. Madness, really. And so I had to, I had to slowly but surely learn, learn... Well, actually, it took a long time to get away from all that. Partly because I didn't really want to. I didn't want to get away from, from it in a way. You know, part of me wanted to carry on that road. Didn't know. I didn't know. I'd, I came to him with, I'd just had a mental breakdown, so my head was in the shed. I couldn't see, so I had enough problem getting, getting my head around as a god, never mind anything else going on. But you know, God, I don't know, God kept me going, but he did. And slowly but surely, you, you keep going to church and you get around people who are going to church and, and, you, and you, the word starts to go in. And it starts to clean you up. And it starts to transform us. We can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Romans 1, 12, 1 and 2. None of this is in my notes either. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I do well, I didn't think this message was going to plan. But, um, but yeah, that self-control... We have to learn to develop self-control and it's something that God gives us. It's a fruit of his spirit. One of his fruits is self-control. He gives it us. So, you know, have a bit of self-control. But, oh, if it was just that easy, wouldn't it? We've got to build that and it gives us opportunity to operate that fruit and strengthen that fruit. How do we do that? We have to learn to say No. When those little whispers, because the devil whispers, he's there, he's like, yeah, just have, just, have, just have one or two, you'll be all right. Yeah, right, of course I will. I'm it again. So I tried that for a few years, that didn't work. <laughs> Wasted time, that was. But you do have to learn to say no. And how do we do that? Romans 8. Romans 8, 4 to 13. Let's have a look at that. That's a good passage. For they that are after the flesh, the flesh is the old man, he's the one who wants to get hammered all the time, or whatever it is, it might be something else. They that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not subject to the Lord of God, neither indeed can be. So there's that war, that's, that, that verse there is just talking about that war between your old man and now your new man. Your old creation, your new creation. So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, when you give your life to Jesus, the spirit of God comes in. Doesn't matter whether you felt anything or not. If you've given your life to Jesus, the spirit of God came in. 
if you gave your life and meant it. I will say that. You have to mean it. You know, it's not just a... Well, well I'll say that. Shut him up. <laughs> You've got to mean it. Verse 10. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. But the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies bodies by a spirit that dwells in you therefore brethren we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh for if we live after the flesh we shall die you know still in the new testament the wages of sin is death so you know we have to learn to put, put it put it to death at which we will see in verse 14 uh, if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body you shall live Actually, it's verse 13. I'll leave it there. If you mortify or put to death the deeds of the body, that's your whole nature, you shall live. And it's a process. We have to learn how to do that. You know, I've, I've, I've only learned recently, been going through some tests. And, I mean, the devil tempts you all roads. Just because you've been going to Christian for a while doesn't mean you're immune to any of this stuff. The devil's always tempting you. And I'm only just getting hold of the power of no. So when the thoughts come in, I speak it out. If I get tempted with the thought, no. Speak it out, just say no. Your flesh wants to go off and do something. No, you have to speak it out. No, no, no. There's so much power in your words. I think Mel said about the life and death. I've got that scripture in my book, in my, in my notes. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. What we speak as Christians is so powerful. Say no. Just say no to Satan. I used to have a little card. I hadn't been a Christian very long. And I ended up with this little card in my car. And it just said, just say no to Satan. I hadn't got a clue what that meant. <laughs> I didn't I've got a clue. Nobody told me. No, I've got authority or power to say no. No, got that. And even if I say no and then slip and fall, do I stop saying it? No, faith comes by hearing and hearing. The more you say no, the stronger you get. If you fall, it doesn't matter. Get up and say no next time. And say no, say no. Power of the words, Mark 11, 22 to 26. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. <clears throat> I'll look it up. I want to quote it correctly. I should know it really. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, it's that passage. I'm going to find it. Here we are. Have faith in God. Verily I say unto you that whosoever, that's you, you're a whosoever. Whosoever shall say, that's you speaking. Whosoever shall say unto this mountain, what's your mountain? I don't know, whatever you've been tempted with, speak to it. Speak to that temptation, say no. Whatever, you know, speak to it. No, I'm not doing that anymore. 
So you speak to the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. If you cast something into the sea, you can't see it anymore. That's the way I look at that. It's out of view, you can't see it. Have faith in the word of God that it means what it says. You know? Oh, tried that, it didn't work. Well, try again. Do it again. It doesn't matter if it didn't work the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time. If you keep doing it, eventually it will do it. Do not doubt in your heart. Believe that those things which you say shall come to pass. Believe things that, things that you say, not God. You're not asking God, will you sort this for me? No, he's saying you do it. Jesus did everything on the cross so that you could live in victory. And now he's given you authority. You've got the words to deal with it. You know, we waited on him. He's waiting on us. It's the truth. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> he shall have whatsoever he saith. So you can have whatsoever you say. Verse 24, therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have. So when you pray, you're believing. You're believing that you're receiving and you will have. What happens if it isn't immediate? Well, it doesn't matter if it's immediate. You've just got to believe. Once you start standing on the word of God and believing the word of God, it's going to come to pass. And the doubts will come. So you've got to keep fighting the doubts. No, no. The devil doesn't want you believing, so he'll, he'll, come, he'll come with the doubts. He'll come with the unbelief. No. Get behind me, Satan. Even Jesus had to tell him, get behind me. Paul said, I die daily. When you stand praying, forgive. That's important. You've got to walk in forgiveness. If you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespasses. So this is all part of fighting for yourself, learning to say no to, to those things. And uh, I don't know, I think <clears throat> for myself, I found because I, I don't know, I, don't, I kept drinking for quite a while as a Christian. And... Uh, I, was ne I never got peace until I put it right with God. But as soon as I put it right with God, it was there. The forgiveness was there. It's just there. Just God was so good. He just melts you, doesn't he, with his goodness and his kindness and his forgiveness. He just melts you. And then he just softens you because his love, his love never fails. He just keeps loving you. And you just think... I'll say it, and I'll say it regularly. I'd have given up on me donkeys years ago. You know, I'd, I'd make an awful God, I would. <laughs> I would. <laughs> everybody would get, everybody would have, right, you've all had it. <laughs> I would. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. He's, he sees, he's good. So that's a little bit about... Uh, Proverbs 18, 20 to 21 is life and death in the power of the tongue. And I've done that bit. All the bits to fight for as a soldier. Family. Got to fight for a family. Fight, fight for your wife, your husband, your kids, 
Je mum, je dad, je aunts, je uncles. Joe blogs down the road if necessary, might not be family, but you've got to fight. You've got to fight, and I've, I've done... I've done quite a bit here about, um, about marriage, because Satan hates marriage, especially Christian marriage. He's always attacks Christian marriage. Terrible. And, um, you know, the marriage vows... We we just we don't take it seriously enough. Marriage is so serious in God's eyes, and you know when we get married, for better for worse, it says. Yeah, we're living in this uh, throwaway commodity age, aren't we? You know, it's like oh, I'll get married. If you've done the work, I'll often get another one. It's not, it's not God's way. Till death do us part. They've taken that out. The marriage vows. You can say it if you want to, I think, but, you know, till death to his part. That, that's God's way. And because it's so important, make sure you marry the right person. You know, we get married because we want to just jump in bed with somebody. That's not the reason to get married. They've got to be the right one. Come on, get a grip. Stop faffing around. This is serious. God's marriage is serious. He wants you married to the right person. Saves a lot of heartache. Not the one that looks nicest. Hallelujah. And so as marriages, what, what, do, what, what sort of things do marriages? Let's have a look at 1 Timothy 4.1. We'll stick on marriages a bit. I've just got something I want to share about marriage that um, we've not really shared before but but we do need you need to know these things are real now the spirit speaks expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith giving heed to seducing spirits or deceiving spirits and doctrines of devils now, seducing spirit is something that will take you away from God. It doesn't mean necessarily it's going to be another man, another woman, or, or whatever. Seducing spirit is something that takes you away from God. And as we look at the word seducing in the Strongs, we get wandering, leading astray, a deceiver, an imposter. And it's divide, de, derived from 4105 Plan AO or something in the Strongs, which is go astray, get off course, deviate from the correct path, roaming in error and be misled. All these things are what the seducing spirits are there to do, to get you off the path, to get you in a different direction. And especially when it comes to, to marriage, you know, forgiveness. We talk about forgiveness in marriage. And uh, all right, you know, this, I, I understand some marriages are endless and, and people get divorced for various reasons, this, that and the other. But, you know, when it comes to forgiveness, how, how, how much are we forgiving if, if we need to be forgiving? You know, Jesus said, forgive 70 times 7, didn't he, when, it, when he was questioned about forgiveness. Somebody keeps crossing me. How many times do I forgive him? Seven. 
No, Jesus said 70 times 7. In other words, you've got to keep on forgiving. You've got to keep on forgiving. And a lot of the time, you know, if, if your marriage is under attack, there, there might be, you might, somebody might need a bit of deliverance there. Get some of these devils out. Get some of these seducing spirits dealt with. You know, it could be in, it could be in you or it could be in some, somebody else. But there's, um, I've, seen, I've seen something over the years, these seducing spirits, when it comes to sex demons. There's no other way of putting it. And I've seen it, I've seen it with my own eyes even before I was a Christian. I was in a pub and there was this chap there and he clicked his fingers, click, click. I can't click my fingers. I'm never bothered. So click, click. And he got one woman on that arm and another woman on that arm. And the, and the lads are going, whoa, such power. Such power. And these demons are strong. You've got, you've got to realise these things are real and they're powerful. And, they, and if those things are real, which they are, they will attack your marriage. And I can remember another, another situation. I've seen it two or three times over the years. And um, one situation was a situation I was in, and this particular, particular person, this lady was... Um, I better say that, because if I say person, it could be a bloke, couldn't it? <laughs> Uh, I'm trying a bit light of it here, but it's, uh, yeah. And, and they had this, this particular same spirit, so it could be in a man or a woman, and she had the same, she could click her fingers and she'd get a bloke just, just straight to her. And um, I was in a situation where, where she, she'd actually recently become a Christian. But she could have taken me and had sex with me just like that. And as it happened, a friend of both of us was interceding and praying and messaging and messaging. And, and I, I was actually shocked because I'm a, I'm a bloke, you know. I wasn't going to argue. <laughs> but, just being honest, but... This person who was interceding, you know, said, get out of there to her, told us to leave. And, and as soon as she changed her mind that she wasn't going to go ahead, and she, she said no, it was like, what am I doing? I was not in control of that situation. That spirit was in control of that situation. And that devil would have had sex with me. And if I'd have been in a marriage at that time, I wasn't. That, that could have destroyed a marriage. And you need to know these things are in the world and they are attacking marriages. This is why forgiveness is so important because it's not always just him going after somebody, just her going after somebody. Sometimes there's a demon behind it. It is true. These spirits are so real and they're attacking Christian marriages like mad and nobody's even talking about stuff like this. They just, oh, well, you know, he's, he's done the dirty on me. That's it. Divorced. Have another go. So there's about three different occasions when I've seen this particular spirit in operation. And you'd be amazed. It's just like you're in, it's just like you're in a different realm. And I'd have been gutted. I'd have been devastated because I'm not that sort of bloke. I'd have been perfect, but, you know, 
Wow. But you weird text. You know, I've written down here, Satan is the author of divorce. And he is. He hates it. He hates these, these Christians growing up with nice Christian kids and all the rest of it and praising the Lord. And the thing about these things is the people actually think it's them. They think they're God's gift. We I'm God's gift. I can go around and please all the women. All the women think they're God's gift and go around and please all the men. And, and they don't realise it's just a demonic spirit operating through them. They're bound by it and they need set you free from it. And if that's you, perhaps, it's, perhaps you've got that spirit and never realised it was a spirit. You can get set free from that spirit. Praise the Lord. Ah. That's enough about that spirit. Suppose, right, now here's another one. You keep falling and we, we talk about, you know, sometimes it, it seems like years sometimes. I had a drink problem for years. And it's like, well, how do I overcome? You know, we've said, learnt a bit about saying no. How do, how do I actually overcome? Well, Revelation 12, 11. You overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Back on word again. The blood of the Lamb, it cleanses us from all the things we keep getting wrong. It cleanses us from our sins. And it just reminds us that Jesus has paid the price for that. And the word of our testimony... You don't get the prize without the test, do you? You know what I mean? Sometimes we tested Satan out there, testing us. Just because you prayed something and can't see an immediate answer doesn't mean the answer's not on its way or, or the revelation's not coming. The revelation is coming, the answer is on its way and you will get that victory. You will walk in that victory. But it starts by believing. Starts by believing the word of your testimony. You start saying what you want, not what you are, otherwise, you're just going to stay there. <sighs> Praise the Lord. Romans 4 17 talks about calling those things that be not as though they are. And that's what we have to do with the word of testimony. We call things that we want, not what what we can see we walk by faith not by sight if we walk by sight we'll just never never improve at all we just stay the same am i going on a bit <laughs> praise the lord romans 10 17 faith comes by hearing and hearing i always use that scripture faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of god keep listening to the word get in the word get in prayer Praise the Lord. I could keep going on here. How am I doing? It's 12 o'clock nearly. And the Lord's commandments. What did the Lord say? He said, you know, he said, love your neighbour as yourself. Obviously love the Lord your God with all your heart, strength and everything else. But love your neighbour as yourself. That's so, so good that is. And, you know, it, that covers all the, all the commandments. We're not going to mess around with somebody if we don't want somebody messing around against us. We're not going to start beating people up if we don't want people beating us up. If 
if you know what I mean, whatever it is, whatever it is. Learn to say no. Keep saying no. No is so powerful. I can't stress that enough. The power of no in your mouth. When it, and it starts because quite often you think about things. And it's five minutes later and you think, oh, I've been thinking of meditating. You're meditating on stuff. You don't even realise it. But you have to learn to recognise as soon as them thoughts come, no, no, get it straight away. Don't let it fester. If you let it fester long enough, it will manifest in other ways. Hallelujah. We're living in a crazy world. So I'm going to leave that. I'm going to skip a bit now. I just want to go down to the other things we're fighting for is nations. And we're fighting for our nation at the moment. We're in a war in this nation at the moment with the spirit of Islam rising up. Well, let's get the spirit of God rising up and taking back our land. It's unbelievable, the craziness that's going on in the world. There was a thing on the news the other day, Staffordshire Police. Staffordshire Police. You can't, can't call a policeman now. He's a police officer, not a policeman. It's going mad. It's going mad. So, you know, you can go and desecrate some uh, war memorial... But if you go up to a chap and say, excuse me, Mr. Policeman, you're likely to get arrested, <laughs> arrested for calling him a policeman. But you can get... Honestly, we've got to take this land back. And it comes by us, getting in that army. You know, there's a stand up and fight, he shouted in that song. Stand up and fight. And that's what we've got to do as a body of Christ. We've got to stand up and fight. We've got to stand for this nation. We've got to stand for our family. We've got to stand for our marriage. And we've got to stand up and kick the devil out. And we've got to stand up for all the Palestinians as well. God wants all people saved. He didn't, he didn't say everybody but. All men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We've got to stand up and fight. That's what it's about. And we've got to get up now. You know, some of us have got so much time. And we've got to stop wasting it. Get in the Word. Get in prayer. Get in God's face and start using your authority. You can say no to yourself and you can say no to the devil. You can tell him no. You can say, get out of our nation, you stinking rat. Call him whatever you want. (laughs) I do. We've got to stand up and I think we should pray. We've got lots of things we've got. I've got my sister wants to pray for Israel in a minute as well. That, that's fine. We don't mind praying for Israel. So, uh, well, that's it. We've got to stand up as a Christian. Uh, there's not, not many of us left in this nation. It's because, we, it's because we're all politically correct. To be, oh, well, you know, we don't want to offend anybody. That's what we like. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to upset anybody. But you've got to say some things that are going to shake some people up. Hopefully, I've said one or two things this morning. A bit different this morning. I've been struggling with it all week, to be honest. Well, these things are real and we have to wake up. There is an enemy and God's given us the authority. He gave it to us. Jesus said, Jesus said, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. So what are we afraid of? 
Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to leave it there. So I'm going to finish. I'm going to pray a little bit because I want to pray for me. Yeah. Obviously, there's big prayer meetings going on in London today, so we need to pray for them. We need to pray for them. And if anybody else wants to pray for, for the nation, let's, let's get together. Let's pray. Let's pray. Take this lamb back. That's what we're called to do. We're called to stand up. Take the lamb back for Jesus. We're a Christian nation. Let's kick the devil out. Amen. Hallelujah. Lord, I want to stand with my brothers and sisters down in London today. I don't know what time they're praying. They might be doing it. They might, it might have been all day. I don't know. But Lord, we stand with them. I pray you bless them. I pray that you put words in their mouths that change the city of London. That kick the devil out of London. Lord, we just pray your blessing upon all, all the people of Islam. Bless them with who you are. Show them who you are, Lord. But we bind that spirit, that intimidating, fear-making spirit. We bind you in the name of Jesus. Shut up and get out of our land in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And we love, we love everybody. We love everybody and we pray, Father God, that you would show them your love, how much you love them. Start invading their, their prayer times. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the only way, the only way. No man comes to the Father but by Jesus. Hallelujah. And he is the Son of God. He is God. We believe in the Trinity here. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But we're taking back this land and we're serving notice. <laughs> we're a Christian nation in Jesus' name. 